Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Black Girl Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We're back for another episode of The Bear. This is episode four entitled Honeydew, written by Stacey Osei-Kofu, directed by Rame Youssef. This was another good episode. I gave it an 8.4 out of 10. I like that we're getting some individual time with the characters outside of the group setting. This week we focus on Marcus. Last week we focused on Sydney, and I hope they continue this trend because I would like to know a little bit more about the emotional baggage, so to speak, that our mains are are juggling outside of the stress of the restaurant as it's opening and i like that we sprinkle in what's going on with the restaurant but we're allowed to focus away from it and really just go on a food tasting <laughs> tour <laughs> while pretending we're traveling to Sweden listening to great music I don't have a problem with that before we jump into the recap wherever listen to this podcast Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify go down to the rating section drop some stars leave a review my social media will be there as well if you want to send feedback blackercouch at gmail.com I don't think I could focus and work in the manner that they do using that board where everyone writes certain things and I know because I've seen it in Grey's Anatomy when I watched in some other shows that for nurses I bet Mimi this is something one is used to because you got to go out there you got to read what other people put out there and it's all very transparent I am very much a file and organize type of person and That board would be three individual, probably three to five individual on certain things. Okay, this is all the things that has to do with that. Here's all the things with this. I I could not work with what they're putting up there is what I'm trying to say. Nat starts to feel a little unwell as they talk about the fire suppression test that they need, more money, more permits, more cleaning, I have been wondering when we're finally going to get to I'm pregnant. (laughs) I must say this was the best scene. One of two. One of two of the episode. But you could hear the construction as it's getting louder. It's getting closer there. I love the way the camera. I love when they use the camera for comedy. Barry did it just to perfection. The TV show that is. By tightening in, you see what they want you to see. You're kind of like, where's this construction? Then it gets louder and louder as you hear her start to go into, I know it's, it's, uh, you know, don't be freaked out. And Carmi's not hearing, like he's hearing what she's saying, but she hasn't said it. So he really is the last to know (laughs) the way he kept staring at her belly. What? I wonder how many times they filmed the actual timing of the wall collapsing. I bet they had their cues, though. I think that's why you had it getting, you know, louder, closer, timed right. Then you would hear the drilling. (laughs) 
And just as she says the words, I'm pregnant, uh, the wall falls down. She really didn't want Richie to know, but everyone is clued in with Richie declaring, Oh, I knew it. To be fair, everyone knew before you actually said something <laughs> with your brother being the last. <laughs> he had no response to it, too. He just kept looking down at her belly like, wait, hold on. did that? You know, I didn't want to say anything, but. <laughs> they have seven weeks to open. That is quite the time time frame there. Fuck my life to death would certainly be the mood. Marcus says goodbye to his mother, who he's extremely anxious about leaving, but tells her he's excited to stage so he can come up with three desserts for the restaurant in Sweden. That just sounds like a good time anyway. <laughs> all I got to do is knead some dough all day. And the way they were just cutting that dough, I was like, that that feels rather comforting. I know that's not the only thing they're doing. He has a nurse watch over her named Christy. I thought she was in a hospital or a home. Clearly, I was incorrect, and it was home care. As well as Chester, even though I don't know how much one could count on Chester. I think the home nurse, Christy, got it covered. Who takes him to the airport, gives him the great advice of don't ask them about kia over there i learned that the hard way you're so dumb you are really dumb for real he also said i can talk some sweden when you get back and only learn two of the most ridiculous words that don't at all have anything to do with anything once he gets to Sweden, he eats a dog, a hot dog with pickles on it. And I really wanted to know what that tasted like. This is just making me want to sign up for a food tour. Uh, it's the only reason why I want to go. And every time I bring it up, Mimi's like, don't do it. And I know, I know, I shouldn't. I'm not going to go to the Taste of Chicago. It's going to be hot. It's going to be too many people. It's not a great experience. But I do want to do a food tour. And not one that's like four to five hundred dollars. That seems like a lot. When he gets to his accommodations, my dude is living on a boat where he's met with a list of chores, including feeding or giving water to a cat that was never seen. Was that bridge that he was walking on? in sweden or london because i feel like i walked on a similar one but they were filming in location in sweden so why would they film that bridge in london but they have one just like it in london then they played my jam i've been loving you too long by otis redding i've been loving you too long And you want to be free My love is going stronger As you become a habit to me 
they can keep that jazz i mean it was okay <laughs> it was not the worst <laughs> but the first that song had me going like holiday that's not the name or wasn't the quite the holiday song i'm referencing but i got to the jazz and i started being like i am about to go to sleep <laughs> He meets up with Chef Luca, who does not like to smile, no matter how much he cracks jokes. Luca is played by Will Poulter from Maze Runner. I love those movies. <laughs> you know, I mean, something, some properties you love and it's not even the best thing in the world, but you still love it. Like the last four or five, maybe six I don't know a lot of after the third movie and a lot of people didn't like the third aliens they think aliens one and two are the legit films and everything after is not but I loved all of them even when they got bad yeah I can't I can't not say they were bad the one with Ron Perlman <laughs> my baby um those are just they're just comfort movies that's how Maze Runner is transition to sydney interviewing uh sous chefs i have coos chefs in my notes just wanted to share that i think the song choice may indicate what we've all been at least i have been suspecting that someone's got a crush she said i need people to be here monday through friday and the girl's like sure i can't do fridays and then the guy who had a great resume and he looked at her. So when do I meet the chef? You are. Oh, <laughs> it was not even, oh, you made the mistake that because being re be real and honest, I would never have thought that Sydney was the chef. <laughs> One, they have a tendency to come out in a chef coat at all times, but she does not seem like she would be the chef she just looks too young too baby faced i know that's typecasting but one could let that slide it's the o that that was not okay but the third guy who said look i'm here i'm ready to work you're hired <laughs> marcus learns to make ice cream and there really is a trick to each bit of plating and i like that they show that because it looks very silly on television but plating does take some finesse it does take an artistic eye while i can appreciate how good something looks because there is something to be said for we eat with our eyes first and then our stomachs but I've also had it where I've bit into something that looked delicious and it was absolutely disgusting. So <laughs> I'm not I'm not quite as uh, sucked in by just how pretty your plate's looking, but I can see how in the professional world this is quite the skill. Later, he calls his mom about his experience before later getting a call from the other two stooges, uh, of which he's the third. No alliance shit. <laughs> it's like, what? We can't, we don't keep secrets. We gonna tell secrets. This is my second favorite scene of the episode. 
Fock, Marcus, and Richie. He knows that they're not going to pass the fire suppression test if this balloon pops. Richie thinks it's not going to pop. Fox like it's going to pop. Marcus like it's definitely going to pop. <laughs> then Fox was like popping, popping. It popped. It popped. It popped. I love you, bitch. Oh my God. I ain't going to never stop loving you. While divvying up some dough, Marcus and Luca get a little personal. Marcus has been a chef for a year and a half versus Luca, who's been a chef for 14 years. He's like, you were three? <laughs> Luca didn't go to school, though, which is very common for a lot of chefs. They have a tendency to some, you know fall into it because they have good memories of their moms they used to cook some become dishwashers and they just get on the line they start learning they pick up on it they learn in this restaurant this restaurant then they go backpacking through europe all the things that you do it is a sacrificing type of life but many don't just start by oh i want to be a chef i'm going to go to culinary school that's it feels as if that's a lower percentage than a lot of the chefs and a lot of great chefs as well never went to culinary school uh they may have eventually gone to culinary school school but many just learned from the best and they kept at it and kept at it also some of them got criminal records and <laughs> becoming a dishwasher and then a chef is is uh one profession that one can uh attain when you have that type of uh mark on your on your application for employment marcus was an outside linebacker i'm gonna pretend i know what that is but he did go to college he, he had a college scholarship he worked at a phone company for five years and then he went from that to mcdonald's I'm not sure how he went from that to mcdonald's maybe the company went under maybe he just got bored with his life or maybe he could not my own my third and most likely guess is his mother got sick four years ago he needed to be there with her and that interfered with him being able to attend the job that he needed and uh ended up working at mcdonald's his mother was supposed to uh, she was given a prognosis of two years or a couple of years and now it's been four mikey offered him a job wanting to open a bakery so that's how he learned how to bake bread luca explains he got really good worked at the best restaurants thought he was the best was the best until he met the best which i'm believing he's referencing carmy here since there is a reason why marcus is working with luca however when he realized there was someone else better than him it kind of took the pressure off of being the best because now everyone's looking at you to outshine everyone else around you but now you yourself can become the student to a master and you know and you can confirm at that point like i'm never going to be the best and now that i know that 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 dream is no longer a possibility <laughs> uh 
the idea though that the stress of that the the idea of when you go into it you going into it being the best until you meet someone better and there's this idea that Carmi hasn't met anyone better at least not that we've been shown maybe there is a moment where we we'll realize he's got some other type of uh demons plaguing him when it comes to his restaurant career but trying to catch up with him did make him better than he ever thought he could be and uh he gives him some words of wisdom which is you can put all the skill you want into it but at some point and it's true the best foods that people taste is not the ones that were skillfully done because you can put all the right ingredients together it's something special something inspired and you have to open yourself up to what is out there you have to make those mistakes you have to fail before you're ever going to succeed and sometimes you might just keep failing but that's part of what this job is and you need to make sure that you got the best people around you Scotty Pippen, Marcus replies, may have not been better than Michael Jordan. He's like, who's Michael Jordan? Stop fucking with me. Everybody knows who Michael Jordan is. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You'll always know the greatest. Just like LeBron James. You're going to hear those two names no matter where you are on the planet. <laughs> they are infamous into history now because they are the best at what they do. However, he points out, Scottie Pippen still made the Hall of Fame. So while he wasn't Michael Jordan, he still had his place. And that place was still an accomplishment and a worthy one at that. So he says, is it worth it? And he's like, dude, ask me tomorrow. Because right now I'm needing this damn bread and I am hung the fuck over. <laughs> I made all of that up. But that's what his face told me. While walking home, Marcus hears someone asking for help. 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 <laughs> I was like, oh, is that, is that help in uh, Denmark? I don't know their language. Sorry. Um, but this guy is trapped under a fence that he seemed to have ran into on his bike. There's no rain. There's no slick conditions. My guess is he's drunk. And while he is grateful for the help, because Marcus is like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. I don't know the. That would be my first question. Is it 999? I know that's for London because I've been there. But if I was in Sweden, you best believe I'm going to know the the number to 911 immediately. <laughs> it's going to be programmed in my phone. And he helps him from being trapped. He's got lacerations on his face. But he doesn't seem bothered. He just gives Marcus the longest and most uncomfortable hug before getting right back on his bike and continuing on. And it felt like a weird scene until you realized that, well, I found it was two metaphors. Sometimes you fail, you fall, but if people are willing to help you, you can get the fuck back up and go on out there. That was one metaphor. And then my other cynical side of the that coin was some people, they crash, they fall. If he was drunk, they don't know when to stop, 
when things get like this situation, which is fucking embarrassing. And now you're going to go back out there to even more danger instead of taking the time sitting down and doing what you need to do. Uh, and because we're kind of dealing with both uh, philosophies in this show, as with Mikey and Carmi, I think they both can apply. Marcus calls Sydney and tells her about his nightmare. He is afraid that she, his mom's going to pass. And he won't be there and he feels rather guilty about it. I read recently that nightmares are are theorized to be manifestations. I don't know if it's theorized or fact of what we won't confront during our reality. So say you're afraid to you're afraid of someone breaking in and that's been on your mind. I know because I've actually had that's why I started reading into this shit because i would i would have this uh i had this anxiety about it but it was kind of an undercurrent it was more like i was watching too much to crime as i tend to do and it plays <laughs> on oh shit oh shit oh shit people can come through because i have a window and i like to leave it a little bit open but i'm on the second floor so it's not like anyone's really going to jump up this tree and into my room but it's possible it's but you don't know what crackheads want or do or they don't think rationally actually they don't they don't or you see the creepy uh spy camera don't don't just don't don't go on the internet <laughs> creeping yourself out like myself uh but man the spy cameras be fucking me up the the people that be just rolling up on your house and you're sleeping you don't know until you look at your camera the next morning like what the fuck and some people like had guns or some people they were asleep their kids were asleep in the in the living room and a guy came in and he started looking around and he had another dude outside who had a gun. And I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Can you imagine? Sidebar over. But can you imagine? So I think that's what's happening to Marcus. He's been for the last four years, really the last two years, been in a state of of limbo of when the, the death nail is going to drop, when the other shoe is going to drop. And on some part, he's probably um because that's the thing when you know someone's gonna pass and it 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 becomes rather certain like there's no progression clearly whatever's happened in the last five years the you know being two years after the time frame expecting you're just now left waiting and now you're just anticipating something so that you can kind of move on to the next thing that you need in life. And I know that's selfish to say, but this is how our brains work. Stop judging ourselves for being human. It's just, that's a, that's just a natural thought. Um, and so I'm sure part of him, while he really doesn't want his mother, cause he clearly loves his mother very much. He's even sending her photos. He's, acting like she's there but she's not there even coming to the point of like talking to her like call me if you you know if you got any questions i'll be here for you and truly she's most likely never gonna wake up so he's also stuck in this reality of uh being the good son when technically his mother's already gone and she has been gone I don't know how long she's been unresponsive for some time. Uh, I like Sid's response though. Hey, 
she's good you don't need to feel guilty and you know don't feel bad for taking care of you because you're supposed to take care of you and then she said i miss you dude I said, Marcus, put them hard eyes back in your head, boy. Put them right back in your head. Stop catching feelings for someone who refers to you as dude. That is the most friend zone statement of all time. And she didn't even say it once. She said it multiple times. (laughs) But she is a good friend. I do believe she's a good friend. She's a good mentor. And I don't even think she even considers that he might think otherwise or have feelings about her otherwise. Because even that when she was like oh i miss you dude kind of like you know you do have people that are here for you when you come back that's just what a good person says even if they really don't miss them because i say that all the time (laughs) just polite but then he gets that i miss you too and then she acts like she freezes because she's just fucking with him again i feel very much on her side it's a brotherly sister thing and on his side he's like i think i want to fuck my sister also they failed the fire suppression test also i don't like savory with sweet so him putting all that caviar it looked like next to the gelatin with a pineapple or a honeydew and taking a bite that is fucking disgusting we do have feedback. Let's hop into the mailbag. Mail, motherfucker. What up, Cena? It's Mimi. This is my feedback for the Bear, episode four of season two. Um, I was hoping that they would do this, and I think I might get what I was hoping for after we saw. Sid's whole um, story where we followed her around. Uh, today, we followed Marcus. Is that a thing? Why do I feel like all of a sudden I'm calling him a name that's not his? Marcus. I feel like I'm being racist because it's either Marcus or Hakeem, and I know it's not Hakeem. <laughs> I'm like 99% sure it's Marcus. Anyway, so we did discover that is his mom. She's been sick for four years, so she's been sick for an awfully long time. I'm not sure how long she's been in the bed. I think he said a year. Um, But she's been sick for quite some time. Um, And and they only gave her six months to a year to live and it's been four years. So I guess I always say this, you can never tell how long someone has to live. People always, I shouldn't say people, I should say doctors. Doctors have these estimates and they have no fucking way of knowing. Absolutely not. I've seen them tell people patients have three months to live and they live for like a week. I've seen them say you have three months to six months to live and they live for five, six years. So, I mean, it's hard to know everything she's been through and it's hard to know when she's going to pass away. However, I do hope when he goes back she's not dead because that would suck. He was sending her all those pictures and I know as a nurse myself if I knew a person was out of the country and um, their parent passed away you know and like let's say I knew they were coming back on Sunday and it's Saturday and their parent passed away I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell them 
over the phone because or like until they land in the state because at this point ain't nothing you do the fastest you can get here is hop in a plane however long that takes and then you got to get from the airport to your house so me telling you is not it's not beneficial to you it, it might even be detrimental um, especially because you're away when it happens like you're gonna feel that loss no matter whether you're in the room at work or in another country um, but I think telling someone that while they're unable to actually physically get there immediately it's gonna be more harm than good but that's neither here nor there I love that they they sent him to Copenhagen Denmark I'm pretty sure that's what it is and then I know I know this actor's name it's like right on the tip of my tongue but I every time I see him I cannot stop but remember him being in uh, Detroit I hate movies like Detroit and I don't know why I thought I should see it but it has so many actors that I enjoy and I like and like I've been watching them for years and I was like I gotta watch this movie and I regretted it I really did and um, he was one of the worst it's like the guy Michael Rappaport every time I see him I don't care this movie was almost 30 years ago it doesn't matter every time I see him I think about Remy from higher learning because he plays that role so good that now when I see him he looks like a neo-nazi I'm not saying that that's his fault I'm just telling you it is and every time I see that guy that played the chef in Copenhagen Denmark I think about his eyebrows and I think about the fact that he was in Detroit I know he's been in a lot of things since then, but Detroit is always going to be what I think he's a racist cop. I will say, I don't know what happened. Like, his face looks the same, but then kind of looks different. I'm not sure, but he does look more attractive. I've seen, like, people post things about, like, his glow up. And some people had said he had surgery. He doesn't look different. I, I mean, I think he just probably, it's probably the hair. Like, before he was, like just had a really shaved head and it's not suitable for his face I don't know what he did but he definitely looks more attractive but I know he's more buff but I can't help it I mean attractiveness doesn't uh, automatically I shouldn't say automatically it doesn't at all counteract your racism <laughs> so no matter what he's always going to be the racist cop for Detroit I did, however, I've always thought he was a good actor, and that's one of the reasons why he looks that way to me, and he's always going to be that to me because of his acting chops. He's a good actor. He was good in this. I really enjoyed his interactions with Marcus. I really enjoyed um, seeing Marcus, you know, diving into his uh, craft, um, learning, you know, what he talked about, like his backstory, um, you know, why he became a baker. You know, he was working at McDonald's. He had to bake the bread. I didn't know McDonald's had bread bakers. I thought they bought that shit from the from a retailer and just threw the food on it. So that's, that was cool um, to learn that. Even if it's just him baking cookies, I didn't know that. Interesting. But I will say, when he was bragging about being a D3 at a D3 college, I was like, um, they couldn't have made him a D1. Like, even I know D3 is not good. <laughs> Um, D2 schools um, probably are the ones that um, I know a couple of people that got a full ride to D2s. Um, like people in, I mean, I don't, I don't know statistically, 
but I'm sure people in D2 schools could end up in the NFL uh, for football. But I know for a fact that all of the recruits that, like, the, you know, like when you talk about number one draft picks, they go to D1s. I, I know that for a fact because those are bigger schools. They they uh, cross more. They have more of a um, competitive edge. I'm not quite sure of any D3, but I will say that if if I had if I was if it was me in a position to where I had to pick between going to a D1 school, even if I could be on the football team, but having to pay for college and then going to a D3 scholarship full ride and be on the team I would always pick the scholarship so I ain't mad at him for doing what he needed to do but he should have just led with I'll play college football I mean clearly I don't think they describe college well they don't even do football in, in England it would be soccer well football is football but it's not the same as American football but I don't think he would understand what a D1 versus a D3 is anyway. He said Division three, but I'm 99% sure that's the same thing. Doesn't matter. Um, I liked his backstory. Um, I got to tell you, though, the desserts that he were making, I mean, describing it as a mint Snickers sounded delicious, but that shit looked gross. I'm sorry. I don't like desserts that look like something I've never heard of, and most of that's what that was. So I personally can't say I'm a fan. Um, I personally wouldn't want it. Um, but you know, I'm proud of Marcus for, you know, coming together, making it, um, practicing, not getting frustrated, doing what he needed to do. Every time dude was like, you know, take your time, do it over. That one was worse. He didn't get mad. He just, he just functioned with his craft. Um, I also liked seeing him call, uh, Sydney. Um, like I said, I don't know if they're trying to say that they're working on something, but that, that conversation really gave up friend vibes to me because I know it was Sydney's idea to even send him somewhere, which, uh, Carmi thought was a good idea. Um, I appreciated, um, their banter. I thought they were very cute together. I thought they seemed, you know, I didn't see anything romantic. Um, they don't seem awkward anymore, so maybe whatever it was, I was imagining it, or it's different because they're over the phone and he's in another time zone, who knows, um, but I do hope we get, you know, into, you know, the relationships per group, you know, into the backstory as well, because, um, there's still so many people that I need to know about Cousin, um, I like to know Frack, um, I'm glad um, Sugar finally um, decided to tell people she was pregnant. She definitely didn't want to tell everybody, but she uh, timed it very wrong. And old dude was like, I knew it. So you were right. He, did, he didn't know she was pregnant. He was probably just waiting for her to tell him. And ain't nothing wrong with that. I, I, I know um, it's bad luck to tell. Well, they say you shouldn't. And it's probably just because most miscarriages happen in the first trimester. That's why you shouldn't tell people until, you know, you're in the clear. Um, but I mean, she probably just didn't want to say anything just because she didn't. She can't stand them. <laughs> and I ain't mad at that either. The actress herself, though, looks like she's really pregnant. And she looks like she's way further along than, you know, 
first trimester. I didn't notice that, you know, the angles and the way they had her standing and stuff like that. Because usually when someone's pregnant, they, it's so obvious that they're hiding their midsection. I think they did a really good job with the angles of the camera and, like, had her sitting by the toilet, um, sitting down with her knees up. It looks like a normal way people sit but it was covering up her stomach and they didn't have her wearing like super baggy clothes. So I didn't even put it together that the actress herself was probably pregnant. And that's probably why I didn't put it in the story. It might've been meant to be in the story anyway, but who knows? I, I do like what they're, they're doing. Um, I really like this show. Um, can't wait to get to episode five. Um, we're going to be halfway through. Um, I will say, um, I, I think I am to the point now in my life where I don't like binging shows because I just binged this show on Apple called Swagger. Um, I'm not even going to get into it. It's a sports show, Christina, so I know you're not going to watch it, but I think binging it doesn't give you time to process because one of the characters I couldn't stand, I just, it, it was the main character's mama and that's really a surprise to me. She's a black woman, so you think that I should automatically be on her side. I wasn't. I wasn't. And it it took me probably like three weeks after I finished watching it to come to the realization of why she got on my fucking nerve. And I think that if I would have been watching weekly, like, you know, any live show or like what we're doing with the bear, I think I would have came up to that conclusion a little bit earlier because I would have had time to think. But when you're watching, when you're binging a whole, it's, it was only 10 episodes of season one. And season two is still going. Um, and they're on, I think they're on episode four. It'll be this week. But I, it absolutely does change how you think of a show when you binge it. And that's probably why people be binging shows more than once. But I don't have time for that. I, I barely have enough time. My DVR is full. I am trying to get through Will Trent because ever since we stopped watching it, I'm on episode uh, season one, episode 12. I, I think I stopped watching it when you stopped podcasting on it because I was like, I don't even know if this shit's getting renewed. I don't want to get all sucked in and then it gets screwed. And then when I found out there was getting to season two, I was like, let me catch up. I still haven't done it. So I'm trying to finish watching that before I got to go back to work next week. Um, and I really think that watching shows weekly is, is, is best for my whole 40 year old brain and body because then I can process characters and what's going on a little bit better so I do like this um, I'm going a little bit faster than you only because I know it's probably going to be a week or two in there where I might get behind so I thought it's best for me to be more ahead than be slacking but anyway I'm going to end it here until next time love, peace, care, grace, and black girl magic queen of the couch, meet me out Thank you, Queen Mimi, for your thoughts and opinions. I was agreeing with a lot of your feedback as you were speaking. The first thing you stated was very true about telling people things while they're on vacation. Um, that's how I learned about one of my family members passing away. I don't know if I want to say luckily, but fortunately, it was someone I, I wasn't particularly close with. However, it wasn't that someone called and told me because most people are like, she's over in another country. Why am I going to tell her this? Because, I mean, even <laughs> even the ones I get on half the time about their chill factors had enough wherewithal to be like, no, I'm not going to do that. 
<laughs> that's going to change the entire trajectory of that person's vacation. And, you know, they're going to have thoughts, feelings, things they're going to have to process. D- don't do it, especially at a time where they're they're going to do it and they're going to make irrational decisions or, or decisions when they're emotionally compromised, so on and so forth. Yes. So, yeah, just a life lesson for people. Don't don't put shit on social media. You know, everybody doesn't know. And I know you just feel the need to have everyone run out and comfort you at that moment or maybe you just felt the need to express yourself and that's that's how you do it by getting to as many people as you can and i understand it's a different generation so on and so forth but just keep that in the back of your mind that putting shit on social media uh like someone passing away and some people finding out that way can be very hurtful so maybe not also, what the fuck is Detroit? I feel like I need to watch Detroit now. I Googled it. I need to know where. Oh, they got John Bodega up in this bitch. Tell me you knew all the people in here. All I know is John Bodega <laughs> thus far and Will Poulter. Of course, he would be the racist cop. Look how many white people are in this. <laughs> John Krasinski is up in here, though i see that oh they look they got chris coy i know him he always plays a bad guy just look at his face he was in um the walking dead and you're automatically i know who i'm talking about with the with the with the peoples um the one tyrese was with oh anthony mackie was up in this match okay okay i get it now reggie miller okay 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 this looked like one of those movies though that looks as if it's making a statement more so than it's actually <laughs> like you get a whole bunch of people together. Uh, Jack Rayner or something is? He looked like he always in black movies too. He's the black friend. So, okay, so what I'm saying is this looks like it's typecast. <laughs> it might be good, but it looks like it's one of those made for typecast movies <laughs> that I typically don't watch and you know, you know I don't. Um, but maybe it'll pop up somewhere for free. I know him for Maze Runner. So I have only happy memories of this actor. And yes, he did get a glow up. I wasn't trying to thirst in here. But I was like, damn, he looked he look good. I don't know about no play. I didn't follow his whole life story. <laughs> it is, you know, it's, and I don't, do not please take offense. I am not hating on people who are in the know about what is going on about entertainment i used to be this person i really was then somewhere along the lines i just fell off in the last i would say probably four to five years but i used to be up to date with people and i'm like oh he had plastic surgery things be coming at me at the last the last to fucking know about shit um but uh i did when i googled him because i was like what is his name because I couldn't remember it. And I saw that he's dating a black mo- model. So <laughs> apparently maybe those races, that racist movie. Or, or I feel like there are some people that just hang with black people. I don't know. I'm not. They just, they happen. Just kind of like Paul Mark Glosser. Like he all of a sudden just became part of the barbecue crew. Like he's automatically invited. He's just constantly in black movies and shit. 
they just have a look or an, I don't know. I don't know. Are they like working with in, on in black theater? I don't know. But there are some white men that are out there like that. Because I know Paul, I feel like Mark Paul Glosser just picks up scripts. And he's like, okay, so are black and brown people in here? Or is this all Caucasian? This all Caucasian? Fuck you, I'm out. I don't want nothing to do with this. Uh, he was not doing bakery at McDonald's because McDonald's don't have a bakery. <laughs> yes, they got them that those buns. They don't freshly make that bread. <laughs> but I ain't gonna feel bad because I messed up last week in my and me reading a scene and mishearing. So, <laughs> but that one made me laugh very hard. I'm like a fucking bakery at McDonald's, maybe in Copenhagen. Um, it is Denmark. I think I said Sweden. Wait, is Sweden in? De- oh, don't you don't even look. I suck really bad at at uh at at the world. <laughs> I should be better, and I know. And little kids be trying to tear you up. Like, look, 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 little fuck. Still pull up a map, right? But yeah, that's where that is. But he uh, was offered a job at the beef by Mikey who wanted to have a bakery for their bread. So that's how he got into making the bread for the beef. I knew nada about any of those desserts and I wanted nada about any of those desserts. Even the description of a mint Snickers bar sounds disgusting to me. I don't eat a lot of candy though. I don't eat a lot of junk. I even tried to eat a Snickers bar the other day. I was like, I took a bite. Not even not a Snickers. Yeah, no, it was a Snickers. It was at the airport. I guess it wasn't the other day. It was like some weeks ago. And it was gross. I threw it away immediately. (laughs) I am not a fan of candy. And I think what it was is that I binged on it somewhere between like 23 and 26 because I used to work at a cafe and we sold all types of candy and trust me when you get a whole box of Reese's and you start eating that shit you're not gonna want candy the same anymore (laughs) I'm glad I was younger when I went through that phase of having nothing but chocolate and sweets and all the sweets you can eat never work in a freaking cafe working anywhere where food is served frequently and it's doesn't have an option like a salad bar run (laughs) i do miss the salad bar at my job man that's the one thing i miss about being in that office is that salad bar because every day that shit was hitting hitting didn't matter if any nothing was going on in the cafe you had the salad bar and then they had the fresh sushi okay we just getting all off topic um i can't binge it all either it one i don't have the my attention span refuses to stay on anything more than an hour that's something new and i do need time to process and analyze and if i binge it then i'm just thinking about the things i'm gonna miss or not contextualize correctly because i'm pushing too much information and quite frankly your brain and memory can only hold new information for 30 seconds and then it's gone (laughs) so as you're going through all those episodes a lot of people when they get the binging all they're really doing is they're anxiously awaiting the punchline 
and they have a tendency to miss things because they're waiting for it to make sense to them they're waiting to get to the end of the story before it's being told and i know that feeling i i have that like oh you're gonna watch that movie sometimes i will google that movie and know the entire plot of the movie before i watch it because that lets me know if i'm gonna waste my time or not (laughs) it's a weird fucking thing to do but that's what i sometimes do so i i understand the feeling but that is what binging does it's not a very constructive way unless you just want to entertain to entertain and then you get the few things out of that but if you're just someone who likes to to follow especially when it's a good story and a story worth following like how many people thought about the bike incident versus um moving on to the next thing you know, I think that's the joy of podcasting and being able to 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 take your time is that you get the real true appreciation of the story. Not saying you can't get that with binging, but I find even people who love to binge usually come around to the same conclusion. So clearly there's something there. Um, and lastly, I have not watched any more of Will Trent either and probably won't for a while if i'm being quite frank it's very low on my list of things to catch up on so yeah (laughs) i'm trying to get back into archer that is gonna do it for us this week if you want to send feedback once again blackercouch at gmail.com my social media will be below remember to like share subscribe until the next time peace hair grease blacker magic (laughs) 